Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm Sarah Germaine Lilly. I'm Libby Edwards. And on our show today, we have part two of the National Gun Violence Prevention Summit from the Queer Perspective, the GAG press conference at As You Are, the 10th annual vigil for all victims of gun violence. And our lobbying of Senate members beside the survivors of gun violence to pass the assault weapons ban passed by Congress. Let's hear GAG founding member Hal Moskowitz explain the significance of the queer presence at the National Vigil. The importance of Gays Against Guns being a participant in the 10th annual vigil for gun violence survivors and victims is important because as a witness to the many people in great pain stepping up to the microphone to say their loved ones' names. I heard lots of reasons for shootings. I did not hear one person say, my child, my friend, my cousin, my relative was killed in a hate crime. Hate crimes are rampant. We are under attack. And if we don't stand up for ourselves and speak out loud and clear, well, our voices get forgotten. Most gay people that I know don't have their blood family support behind them. And so we are family. We create our own family. We are chosen. We support each other and we have to remain behind each other the entire time. It is important that our voices be heard and let it be known that we are in the room. The vigil was so empowering, and the push is lasting to the very last minute to have Schumer bring a vote. Yes, as you and I attended a meeting in the lobby of Senator Schumer's office with a member of his staff, along with gag members, members of March 4th, and Moms Demand Action, we impressed upon the senator that because we no longer have a Democratic majority in the House, if this bill does not go through the Senate literally tomorrow, we won't have an assault weapon ban at any time in the near future, and that this is completely unacceptable. The House passed this bill for itself in July of 2022. We have been waiting all these months for this very important bill to be passed by the Senate so so President Biden can sign it into law. And here we are down to nearly the day before it all goes south. Uh, Please call Senator Schumer's office and demand that this vote come to the floor today or tomorrow. His number is 202-224-6542. That's 202-224-6542. This is so important. Please do it now.
Thanks, Libby. And now we bring you part two of Radio Gag, Honor with Action in DC. I met with Jay Walker to discuss the trip Gays Against Guns made to make sure queer voices and queer presence were felt everywhere in the National Gun Violence Prevention Summit in Washington, DC. As You Are is a wonderful community gathering space and played a key part in that queer presence. Owners Coach and wife Joe opened their space to us, hosted a press conference for us, gave us space to prepare for the vigil and transform our people into human beings. Next, I would like to introduce Coach Pike, who has welcomed us to this event uh, and has provided a safe space for DC um, that feels like home. So thank you, Coach Pike. When we open or work in spaces like ours, like Club Q, we have to focus on safety first to do it well. I'm Coach, co-founder of As You Are, Where You Are Now, uh, alongside my wife, Joe McDaniel, and my pronouns are they, she. We know there are people who hate us simply for existing as we are. Ideally, we'd like these haters to be less ignorant about who we are and or just mind their business. We'd like the world to know the love and beauty that exists in our queer community. I've never known belonging like I do with my chosen queer family. That's the long-term desire that honestly may never come to be. In the meantime, and immediately, we demand that they, that they just stop killing us. Stop trying to disrupt our peace on a casual Saturday. Stop terrorizing us. These terrorists are on a mission, and we can stop their mass destruction if the government would take the AKs out of their hands. Then people like Rich Fierro wouldn't have to do it. There's no doubt the queers are heroes, and we'd like to enjoy our drag show, dance floor, or cafe without packing our capes and putting our lives on the line. Let me be clear, we're always gonna have drag shows. We will always build and protect spaces and our community. We, won't go, we aren't going anywhere. We're queer, we're here, and we always have been. So Congress, President Biden, voters, are you gonna keep choosing AKs over gays and kids and concert goers? We must do better. We must stop this terrorism. Thank you. Uh, next, I'd like to introduce uh, some local drag performers. Uh, we have Vigenesis, Citrine, and Rico Pico. Hi, my name is Vigenesis. Uh, I am a drag queen here in DC. I perform all over this country and it's been a privilege to be able to be an artist in this platform as I have for the past five years. I'm here with two of my great friends Citrine and Rico Pico who love this art form just as much as I do. And we're tired and we're angry and we're scared. And we shouldn't have to feel those things walking into venues and events that are supposed to spark joy and community.
it took me a while to be able to find this talent, this form, this thing that lets me express who I am as a human being in a way that doesn't hurt anyone. In a way that allows others and empowers others to feel that they can be themselves, their truest selves. And I have to be scared walking out of my apartment building. I had to put on a hoodie and sweatpants to get to this event because I was afraid that someone would hurt me or bash me for looking like looking in a way that makes me feel joy. We do what we do because it builds community. We do what we do because it puts smiles on people's faces. It allows us to express ourselves. It allows us to find love, friendship, security. And those things are being taken from us when all we ask is that you let us be seen. As a queer person, as a black person, as a drag artist, my body has a big target on it. And I can't feel safe going anywhere when all I want is to bring happiness to people. I wrote a poem to express the ridiculousness that is, that this is, this is something we have to convince people of, the fact that our lives are valid. It's called Common Sense Ain't for the Common. And this is an excerpt from it. Common sense ain't for the common. If it were, then you use that privilege you have at the top. Whether you're a Karen or you're a cop, you do everything you can to make this all stop and not just as an act of goodwill. Common sense ain't for the common. If it were, then you'd understand why I don't have the time to hold you by the hand and walk you through the ways the bigotry plagues every inch of this land like a sickness for which there is no pill. Common sense ain't for the common. And your chance to be special has arrived. Use your common sense. That alone could save lives. See the world around you. Please open your eyes before I'm the next one who's killed. What was it like going to the vigil? The vigil. It was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. This beautiful cathedral um, filled with people. When we came in the door and we started to put on our hats and veils, the reverend in charge of the service said, oh, thank goodness, the gays are here. 
and that set the tone for the for the whole experience for us we were made welcome we did not know of manipulations behind the scenes that possibly could have excluded us because president biden was scheduled at the last minute to speak so that was very exciting and we were able to respond to um, president biden's presence and you'll hear about that in the uh, notes that jay and i made keenan our survivor from pulse spoke and we were able to support with a beautiful visual demonstration of hbs and yeah it it was it was very beautiful and uh very moving and very well received by the community which was composed i would say two-thirds of the people in the packed cathedral were the survivors and loved ones of people who died from gun violence it sounds as though it were amazing and i did manage to see some of it on television and it was indeed impressive and as to see our hbs there along with the president was particularly moving and i'm also delighted that our wonderful gag member and radio gag participant shep was an hb for the first time let's have a listen Hi, my name is Chef Wannan, and I'm a member of GAG. I joined GAG soon after it was formed, after the massacre at the Pulse nightclub in 2016. Um, I became very active in all aspects of Gays Against Guns, all things except for being an HB. For some reason, I had a hesitancy about being involved with this very profound um, demonstration. So uh, when GAG participated in the 10th annual National Vigil for all victims of gun violence, I thought this might be the right time for me to do it. Um, with the strong encouragement and prodding from fellow gagger, Sarah Lilly, I decided to be an HB for the first time. I asked my friend, Hal Moskowitz, fellow gagger, how to approach it. He told me that I should look at the placard of the victim of gun violence, look at his name and his bio, and tried to connect with him and feel feel what he felt. So that's what I did. The victim whose placard I carried was Edward Sotomayor. He died at the Pulse Massacre in 2016. He was only 34 years old. He was there with his boyfriend. I thought about what I was doing when I was 34 with my boyfriend. When I was 34, I contracted HIV AIDS. And although at the time it was deadly, I didn't die but Edward did die. And I, through the whole vigil, I kind of tried to connect with him and his life and what he went through and how he lost his life. And uh, it was a very profound and moving experience, more moving than I thought it would be, but I'm glad I did it. I was holding a place for him and um, I'm really grateful for the encouragement of Sarah and Hal and um, now I feel like a completed gag member because I finally did it. I put together some sound from the vigil to give you an idea of how it felt to be there. You'll hear the Adams Beat Choir of North Virginia, Sandy Hook survivor Jackie Haggerty, President Joe Biden, Pulse survivor, Keenan Carter, and 
This Light I Hold by Jim Allen. A week from today will mark the 10 years since I survived the Sandy Hook school shooting. At the time, I was only seven years old. I heard and saw things no child, no person should ever have to see. It was impossible to imagine that 26 innocent lives were killed in the same building I was in. There were moments in that classroom where I sat worrying that I would die, worrying that that door would burst open and I would never go home to see my mommy, daddy, and my siblings. But that door wasn't opened until first responders had come to save us. That day I survived because the shooter armed with an AR-15 chose the left instead of right in that hallway. The last 10 years have not been easy, but living my life honoring the victims has helped. Being kind, like Principal Don Hawksrung, and choosing love like Jesse Lewis and so many others. Tonight, family, friends, and survivors gather from across the country to remember the people that were taken too soon by gun violence and make a commitment to honor the lives of those we love by taking action. For the last decade, our childhood has been stolen by gun violence. Guns are now the number one killer of children in America, and we are asked to be brave while hiding under our desks, in our classrooms, while too many elected officials lack the courage to pass common sense laws to save our lives. Thankfully, we have a president who does more than send thoughts and prayers. He has already passed more executive actions on gun safety than any other president, and he has relentlessly pushed for a ban on weapons of war. He understands that we are living in fear and we have suffered enough. It is my privilege to introduce President Joe Biden, our gun safety champion. Thank you. I'm sure if the lights are on, all of you, instead of me, there's a lot of people in this church that uh, I know and uh, have not only uh, consoled one another, but have taken time to console me in the loss of my family. Jackie, thank you for the introduction. More importantly, thank you for your courage. Folks, uh, events like this are hard. They're hard for all of you. Because it brings back the very moment that everything happened, no matter how many years pass. 
no matter how many years go by. And it brings it back, but your voices matter. Your voices matter a great deal. Director Morgan, thank you for welcoming us to St. Mark's to remember, to heal, and to fulfill a purpose. Ten years ago, this nation's vigil was created here in Washington to pray for the souls of Sandy Hook and their families. Ever since this, that time, this church has been open its doors to more victims and more families of a violence that rips at the very soul, at the very soul of this nation. To all of you here tonight, it's under different circumstances, but I know a little bit what the loss feels like. And we ask God to give us the strength to finish the work left undone on behalf of the lives we've lost and all the lives we can save. May God bless you all and keep you safe. survivor. A survivor is a person who survives, especially a person remaining alive after an event in which others have died. I am a survivor. By the skin of my teeth and the strength of my faith, I am blessed enough to be here today. To stand here today, to walk here today, and in appreciation for the opportunity to be a survivor, I made a promise to all 49 and those non-survivors from both and anybody else who did not survive whatever tragedy they went through. And I made a promise to never be silent. To be righteous and noble in my stride, to stand up and speak out against injustice, to empower those who are overlooked and underprivileged, and we all must learn to love and respect one another like human beings. Whether we are Convicted felons or miracle workers, we are all humans. Another black trans woman killed, another gay child bullied into suicide. From the lips of the survivor to the ears of the surviving, we have to do better. And as the surviving, we need to make sure we keep surviving and keep surviving and keep surviving.
Shep, you were in St. Mark's Cathedral with me when President Biden spoke, as in, and you were in HB. What was that like? Well, it was my first time being in HB and to be at this major event and to be there when the president was there, knowing that he was the first president ever to attend. So it was very moving and very gratifying to see him there. When he entered on the stage, the HBs all went against the wall. And then we proceeded down the center of the church. And then um, Keenan Carter, a survivor of the Pulse Massacre, spoke about his experience that day. And um, realizing, uh, hearing his words and remembering that that was the event that caused our organization to be formed and it was at a gay club and where gays against guns it was very moving to hear his words. And it was very gratifying to see the president doing the right thing and honoring victims of gun violence for the first time. Next up, we will hear Sarah and Jay on the lobbying effort that was done in the Senate office building after the vigil in Washington, D.C. Just decompressing, you know, in, in all of this good feeling, um, we, we went back to our headquarters by this time at uh, As You Are until nearly closing and got up for the Capitol press conference and the Survivors Lobbying Day the next day. Uh, can you um, introduce us? Yes. So, you know, normally lobbying days are very scripted and uh, are about, you know, in this case, survivors telling their stories and pressing for legislation. Uh, but this year, thanks to, to Manny's leadership and the leadership of some other folks in the Coalition of Gun Violence Prevention uh, Activists, uh, Activists and Advocates, a decision was made that uh, a, 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 an exciting and different thing would be done this year. Um, folks may not know, but that in Texas, uh, you know, rather than putting together any real gun violence prevention statewide legislation to help prevent school shootings, what has been done is a mandated DNA kit be sent to every parent of a child in Texas schools that they uh, that the parents have the opportunity to complete and provide uh, information and DNA the children so that if and when their children are killed 
in a, uh, in a in a mass shooting and shot apart so horrifically by an AR-15 or some other super powerful weapon that they can't be recognized. The authorities have their DNA on file so that their bodies and their remains can be identified. That's that's Texas's answer to school shootings. And Manny thought that wouldn't it be great to 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 bring um, uh, our own slightly altered DNA tests to the offices of senators uh, with their with their kids' names on them to let them imagine what it would be like to have to have one of those DNA tests used to identify their, their children's remains. Yeah. Okay. So that's a great segue because after that, the lobbying took place and my friend, Barbara Pierce Stowe, whose sister Patty was killed by a domestic abuser, she brought the DNA kit that she'd received from her South Carolina school district to hand over to Lindsey Graham um, when we met with his rep in the office. And I, again, it's it's got to be the most powerful day for me since my children were born because um, being in those white marble hallways with these powerful, powerful women who had lost so much and were there confronting the power brokers, Lindsey Graham in the our case and Tim Scott and their representatives. It was just a day like no other because these women did not pull any punches. At one time, at one moment, one of our gaggers said, um, oh, uh, Tim Scott's rep kept referring to him as the boss. And uh, Dana Harari, our gagger who was accompanying us said, uh, excuse me, but we're the boss, the people who elected you. You keep talking about Lindsey Graham, Tim Scott as being the boss. We are the boss. We the people. We're the ones who elected you. It's so, it's, you know, it's so amazing. And it's, you know, at the lobbying day, of course, uh, I don't think that any of the actual electeds sat down with any of our activists, which is telling in and of itself. And that's on either side, right? It's on the Democratic side or, or the Republican side. You know, they're too busy to meet with the people, the voters, uh, which is highly problematic, especially when we're talking about an issue so, um, you know, so, so visceral, literally. Um, but I will say that at one point when we were, we were able to get from the Capitol to the office buildings through the tunnels. So there are tunnels that connect the Capitol building, the big beautiful dome Capitol building with the office buildings where the um, senators uh, have their, you know, their actual, their actual offices where they do their work. So these underground tunnels and there's like a train that goes between them. It's really cool. I've never been under there before. Um, but while uh, the group of us were, were walking, and this is all of us, this is all the activists who were participating in the lobbying day, while we were walking under, 
Um, at one point, we passed Senator John Cornyn. Now, folks, who, so folks may know this story, but uh, uh, on on February fourteenth, two thousand eighteen, Gag was at the Hart Senate Office Building in Senator John Cornyn's office. Uh, calling him out because he was trying to uh, get a concealed carry reciprocity law uh, introduced and passed uh, in the Senate at that time, which would have meant if you had a concealed carry uh, license in Texas, you could travel to New York or California or L.A., New York City um, with your concealed carry. Um, literally, while we were in his office that day, the Parkland shooting the Parkland mass shooting happened. We didn't find out about it until we were we had completed our action. We didn't die in the lobby of the building, et cetera, after we'd come out of his office. But um, we passed Senator Cornyn, uh, and everybody just started going, pass the assault weapons ban, assault weapons ban now, gun control now. It was, you know, it was, we at least got to talk to one of them. It may not have been the, in, you know, the sit down office setting, but we at least got to like vent at one of those NRA puppets in the Senate. And that felt really good. To find out more about working with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at gazeagainstgunsny on Facebook and Instagram or gagnoguns on Twitter. Also, be sure to check out our website to learn more about actions. Sign up for info about meetings and actions at gagsignup at gmail.com. That's gagsignup at gmail.com. Remember, all are welcome to come to our gag meetings and to sign into the meetings on Zoom if you cannot be physically present. Well, it is now time to end our show. Don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows at any time on the WBAI website or any major podcast platform. So you can hear the first part of the vigil um, on our podcast on Radio Gag, the Gays Against Gun Show. We leave you with a beautiful song from the vigil, This Light, I Hope. Have a great and safe day.
Let the light.